and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Say 
Chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy to all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. Yeah, no, no. 
had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, 
Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. Continue in worship as we pray together. Let us pray. Lord, we do come on this night to adore the Christ child, to worship you, O God, as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God, we come into this sanctuary set apart to worship you. We come as your faithful people to offer you our praise and our thanks. God, we praise you that you are one true God the creator of the world and the giver of life. We praise you that you are compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. God, that you have made a way out of the darkness into the light. God, through the light of our Messiah and Savior, whose birth we celebrate this night. God, we thank you for life itself, that we can turn to you in any time and seasons of our life. And we are thankful for your blessings and all the goodness that you bring to us. 
God, we're also thankful that in the midst of strife and struggle, in the mud and mire of this fallen world, God, that you walk with us and will never leave us nor forsake us. God, we pray that you be with all of those in our families, in our church family, our extended family, wherever they are. God, especially those who are ill or hurting on this Christmas Eve, may you send your Holy Spirit to bless each of us and to bless those who need your help. Be with each of us who have experienced loss this year. Bless each of us to draw closer to you in our need. And we thank you that you give us and bring us good news, that you sent to Bethlehem a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And so, God, on this night with the shepherds, we glorify and praise you for your Son. And we ask that you help us to turn our hearts to you, that you might lead us and guide us with family and friends in the days ahead to be your people. God, to be your people full of grace that we might share with others. Glory to God in the highest, God. We offer our praise and thanks to you in Jesus' name. Amen. And because we are thankful, because we are grateful, because we can glorify God on this night, uh, we can give back some of what he has first given us. And we can do that on this night through this offering, if the ushers would come forward. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. 
The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Let all within us praise his holy name. Christ is the Lord. Oh, praise his name forever. His power and glory evermore proclaim. His power and glory evermore proclaim. Fall on your knees, oh, hear the ancient voices on oh, no. was born oh night oh holy 
It's always so awkward to follow him. <laughs> A reading from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us, authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace. For the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Sisters and brothers in Christ, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God and let's pray. God, on this glorious holy night, we give you praise. We ask for your presence as we come giving you thanks for your son being born 2,000 years ago. Lord, may, you, may your words be my words. May all of our hearts be welcome to you. It's in your name we pray. Amen and amen. Throughout Scripture, there is this fascinating connection between light and Jesus coming to earth. We've already heard in the Gospel of Luke where the angels were there and were told that the glory of the Lord shone around them as they announced Jesus. In other words, there was great light all around them as they announced the birth of Jesus. In Matthew, of course, we have the wise men, and the wise men who were following a a bright star. And John, who doesn't really give us much of a narrative when it comes to the birth, but he still proclaims, John does, that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Or in the text that I just read from Isaiah, a text to which Christians would say points to the Messiah, Isaiah says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. The scripture writers again and again and again point to Jesus and compare it with a great light that has come to be in the darkness. The darkness of our world and the darkness in our own lives. 
We have Christians have continued that comparison between Jesus and the light and the things that they do and the traditions that we have. We Many of our churches like this one have an, an Advent wreath with candles and we light one each week as a reminder that Jesus has come and that Jesus will come again. On our Christmas trees, of course, many of us put up lights, and originally those lights were there to symbolize either the star which pointed to Jesus or to Christ himself. And then, of course, we gather tonight and we have lights again, the candlelight service, where at the end of the service here in just a few minutes, we will all have a light, all begun with the Christ candle. And before long, the whole sanctuary will glow with the light of Christ. It's a wonderful service. And these are wonderful lights. But one of the things I have been wondering this week is whether or not There aren't times when you continually use an image again and again and again and again that it doesn't begin to lose its power. Especially in a day and an age like ours where light seems to be so ubiquitous. It's not hard for us to find light like it would have been 2,000 years ago. We walk in, we flip a switch, we turn a knob, or of course in this day and age you, you go into a bathroom or some other place and all of a sudden lights just show up. And hopefully don't go out. Lights are everywhere. And it's made me wonder if perhaps we haven't lost a bit of the edge of what it means that Jesus is the light. As I thought about that this week, there was one story that kept coming to mind. It's a story, I apologize, it's a story I told just 10 months or so ago. And I, I didn't want to use it again, but, but it was the only story that kept coming to my mind. And so I'm going to tell the story one more time, and then I won't share it again for at least five or six months, okay? It's a story of when, we were, when I was in Fairbanks, Alaska, and I had spent a whole summer there. It was a great summer. It was a decent summer. I couldn't wait to get out of Alaska. And so, in August, finally, it was time for me to go, and so I began to drive. And on one particular day, I drove a 1,000 miles on windy rural roads. It took me about 20 hours of driving by myself. It was very long, but I could not wait to get out of Alaska. And so I just kept driving. But darkness had fallen and I was growing weary. I was all alone. I was getting bored. I couldn't pick up any radio stations. Nothing was happening. I had listened to the same. This was in the day of a six CD changer. I had listened to them again and again and again. You can only listen to Sting so many times. And so finally, I had a brilliant idea. I know how to bring some excitement to this journey. And so I turned off the headlights just for about a second. It was awesome. I mean, it was remarkable. I I was in rural western Canada and British Columbia someplace, and there were no other lights anywhere, and it was an incredible feeling. 
And so I went a little bit further and I turned them off again and turned them back on again. And that was great, except for, you know, after doing that a few times, it got a little boring because it was only one second. And so I decided, well, let's, let's get the adrenaline going some more. And so I did two seconds and then, and then I did three seconds and, and on and on. This was really getting exciting. And, and so finally then, I don't know how long it, the final time was. It felt like a minute. It was probably like six or seven seconds. And, uh, but whatever it was, all of a sudden, I turn on the lights, and there in front of me was a herd of reindeer and Santa Claus. Okay, that part is not true. There was no Santa Claus. It wasn't reindeer, but it was a herd of caribou. And they, thank you, and they were right there. And so I slammed on the brakes and I kind of began to slide over and I tried to go over to the shoulder because they were all right in the middle of the road. And so I, I finally kind of came to a halt and my heart was beating so rapidly. I was awake by now, which was good. And I sat there and these little caribou, not little, they began to kind of saunter off unamused. And there were two things that I learned in that experience. One is that I was really, really dumb. And after I told this story 10 months or so ago, out in the gathering space, it was amazing because a lot of it was, as I can recall, all guys came up to me and said, we used to do that when we were younger too. There are a lot of dumb people in this church. <laughs> but the other thing that I learned, of course, is just how important light is. It's not just some sort of warm, fuzzy thing. No, light can be the difference between life and death, between hope and despair, between a journey, metaphorically or literally, continuing on or coming to a crashing halt. So that when Jesus, or when the scriptures tell us that Jesus is the light, this is not telling us that Jesus is some nice, warm, fuzzy person. What it is telling us is that Jesus is somebody who should be changing the way we see things. That Jesus is a headlight that helps us to understand where we are going. That Jesus is like a lighthouse that allows us to look around and see the terrain. That Jesus Jesus is like a spotlight that is shining back into us and to others so that we can begin to understand who we are. Jesus is not here just to make us feel warm and fuzzy. Jesus being the light means that he is here to change the way we see everything. I know that there are probably, Christmas Eve services inevitably have a lot of visitors to them. A lot of people who come who are out of town. Sometimes there are college students that come. Sometimes there are churches that don't have Christmas Eve services and so people come. Sometimes, this rarely happens, every now and again, some mother or father has made a child feel guilty and that's why they're here. I'm sure that's not, I won't ask for hands raised, lest my own children raise their hands doesn't matter to me why you're here, but if this is the only time you will be here for whatever reason, I want you to know something, that Jesus was born into this world for you.
that the light of the world was born into this world for you. I don't care where you are or who you are or where you've been. I don't care if you are at the height of the mountain or at the bottom of the pit of a valley. I want you to know that Jesus was born for you. Something I tell this congregation with some regularity is I know that in our area, at least, we are a place that does a great job of hiding our dark places. We are a people who try to distract others. We have lots of fancy lights, whether it's a house or a car or a high-paying job or a high GPA or pictures on Facebook, whatever it is, we do a remarkable job of trying to distract people with lots of lights so that they can't see our darkness. That they can't see that perhaps we don't have the perfect family. That perhaps all of our relationships are not going great. That perhaps we are struggling financially. That perhaps we are wrestling with our own esteem and with why we are worthy. And sometimes we spend so much time trying to take the curtain and hide our dark places so that nobody will see them. That we are keeping the light of Jesus from actually reaching those dark places within us that need to feel his love. And Jesus is the light, not in order to shame us, but in order to embrace us. Not so that he can make us feel guilty, but so that we can feel loved. And so this evening, if in a few minutes, whenever we take the candle and you have the candle and the lights are out and you have your one candle in front of you, perhaps it will be a moment when you can reflect and ask whether or not the light of Jesus has been hidden because you keep trying to hide it, hoping that no one else, maybe even yourself, can see those dark places where you are struggling. But of course, here's the reality as well, which is that if Jesus, the light of the world, was born for you, it means that Jesus, the light of the world, was also born for the person who is sitting right next to you, for your neighbor, for the family member that you like, and for the family member that you do not like, for the person who voted just like you, and the person who voted opposite of you, for the person you understand, and for the people you may not understand. Jesus was born for all of them as well. And if Jesus is the light, then it should change how we see everyone. We should see them as creations of God. And there are times when perhaps we don't see things through the lens of the light of Christ. And so perhaps tonight as you take this candle, maybe for you, you might want to think up that person or those people for whom you do not look at with the light and the love of grace and picture them on the other side of that candle. Now, if it is somebody sitting next to you, I would encourage you not to turn the candle toward them and begin to look at them like that. Use your imagination. It's important that Jesus is called the light of the world. It's important because it helps us to remind us that Jesus is looking within us. It's important because it helps us to see people differently. But there's one last thing. And it's really the whole reason why I kind of went off in this direction this 
Christmas Eve. You see, I was thinking about this particular Saturday night earlier in the week. and I, I love this Christmas Eve service because really I love the lights and I love the candles. And as I began to think about that, in the midst of that, I got an email from, a, from Pastor Scott Shelton. And in that email, there was a picture. I want you to see the picture that he sent me. It's right here. Now, this is a picture of a group of people having a candlelight service, very much like this one. It's a group of people who are actually in a Presbyterian church, just like this one. It's a group of people full of brothers and sisters in Christ who are trying to follow after the light of Christ. The one difference is that these people are in Aleppo, Syria. And this service actually happened just a few months ago amidst the war-torn, brutalized city of Aleppo. This is in a, a new sanctuary that had just been built after their previous one had been destroyed. And as I thought and I looked and I could not, I kept this picture on my computer the whole week and I kept going back to it because I kept thinking to myself, the light, the Prince of Peace is so important for them. And I thought, what a shame it would be if we came here tonight and all we did was just hold up this candle because it looked pretty or it made us feel good. Especially when we begin to think about the reality that there are people across the globe, even tonight, who are holding up the candle and who are praying as the light of the world, as the Prince of Peace, please come into our situation. It's okay if you are here because you love the glow. It's okay if you're here because this reminds you of when you were a child. But it just can't stop there. I want you to know that it matters that Jesus was born in this world as the light. So wherever you are this evening, whether it's looking into your own dark places whether it's looking at somebody with whom you will be sharing a meal tomorrow, or whether it's asking yourself, what does it mean to reflect Christ throughout the world? My hope and my prayer, brothers and sisters, is that you will remember what Isaiah has said, that the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. That message is important. It's gospel important. May God's light shine in your lives and in the lives of this world, whether you are in Aleppo or in some other country or right here in Zionsville, Indiana. Jesus is the light of the world. Hallelujah. Amen. And so it is on this night when we remember how Jesus was born as the light of the world. That we take this candle, having been lit from the Christ candle. And we remember on this day that this light is not just a warm, fuzzy glow. 
but it represents for us the one who was born over 2,000 years ago. And as we sing this song and as we light our candles, may we be a people who ask, where and what dark places, God, have you called us to go?
sisters and brothers in Christ. Enjoy Christmas Day tomorrow. Enjoy it with children or family or friends. Remember throughout that day that Jesus is the light of the world. Not just to make us feel good, but in order to change the way we see ourselves, the way we see others, and the way we see this world. May the light of Jesus change all of us until he returns again. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you this day and forevermore. Merry Christmas. Amen and amen.